Wonderful. So welcome to our fifth class, fifth catechism class. We're going to review question four today, and then we're going to look ahead and learn question five. So let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, thank you for the time that you've given us today to read your word and to think about your word. We thank you for the truth that is in your word and all that you teach us and all that you give us. All that you provide so that we can, as we're learning through Ecclesiastes, enjoy this life that you've given us. God, we pray that you would come now and minister to us as we take on this class and think about these two questions together. Again, our prayer is that these words would not just be words, but that they would sink deeply into our minds and into our hearts change us and we ask this in Jesus name amen okay so let's say them out loud together if we know them what is our only hope in life and death that we are not our own but belong body and soul both in life and death to God and to our Savior Jesus Christ question two What is God? God is the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. He is eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in His power and perfection, goodness and glory, wisdom, justice, and truth. Nothing happens except through Him and by His will. How many persons are there in God. There are three persons in the one true and living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are the same in substance, equal in power and glory. And now this week, how and why did God create us? God created us male and female in His own image, to know Him, love Him, live with Him, and glorify Him. And it is right that we who were created by God should live to His glory. Okay, so let's review this. Let's see if any of the kids, middle school, junior high, or younger, who wants to answer this question without help, loud and proud. So we'll start in the back and we can work up. So, I hope you thought about this week, as you were memorizing it, why are we here? That's the question that this answers. And that's a question that everybody asks at some point. Every thinking person asks that. As we learned in Ecclesiastes, God has set eternity in our hearts. We know that there's more than just this temporal life that we live on this planet. We know there's more. We know there's more before. We know there's more after. So how do we fit into that? What is our purpose here? What is our meaning here? Why are we here? And so we're learning that we are here as image bearers of God. And we are here to know Him. Been made to know God. To love God. To live in fellowship with God. And I'm here to glorify Him. And I'm here to do that, not just as a human being, but each of us are here to do that 
distinctively as a man or as a woman. So not only do we all as image bearers of God bring glory to him in various ways, but we also as men bring him glory in distinct ways. And you also as women bring him glory in distinct ways. So we're created by him, men and women, and we are here to glorify him. Some of you remember in um, some discipleship classes we've done in the past or even in the intro lunch where we define what it means to be a Christian. And we say something very similar to that when we work through what it means to be a Christian and we ask ourselves, am I a Christian? Am I not a Christian? We say, well, a Christian knows God. A Christian trusts God, obeys him, enjoys him and proclaims him. So those are good questions for anyone who's calling themselves a profess, who's a professing Christian to ask, is, is this is this why I think I'm here? And am I am I orienting my life to know God, to love God, to live with God, to glorify God? Or again, as we say in the class, to know him, to trust him, to obey him, to enjoy him and to, to proclaim him, to tell others, others about him. So that is how God created us, and that is why God created us. So that brings us to question number five. So here's the question and answer for this week. The question is, what else did God create? Right? In case we haven't noticed, He's created more than you and me. The answer in the catechism is God created all things. All things by His powerful Word. And all His creation was very good. Everything flourished under His living or loving rule. And for the kids, which is highlighted in yellow, they can memorize God created all things and all His creation was very good. So that's question five. God created all things by His powerful Word and all His creation was very good. Everything flourished under his loving rule. So let's say it together one time. I'll ask the question. What else did God create? God created all things by his powerful word and all his creation was very good. Everything flourished under his loving rule. So let's make sure we understand what this is teaching us. Let me give you a couple verses. We'll look at five all together. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through verse 3. We go to the very beginning of our Bible, and this is where we learn that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then we read on in Genesis chapter 1, the entire creation account. So we learn from verse 3 that God created just with his words. It's an amazing thing to stop and think about. That he created with his his words. This is how powerful the Word of God is. God speaks and reality happens. That's an amazing thought. 
That's an amazing thing to think about. He thinks and speaks and the entire universe was created. That's what this is talking about. The heavens and the earth. Everything was created by God. And at the end of chapter 1 in Genesis verse 31, and God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. Of course, because everything that God does or everything that God makes, everything that God creates is good. I've got a couple more verses, but let me read you. If you read the commentary attached to the catechism, they had a couple quotes from John Calvin, and these are the second. There's two paragraphs, and the second paragraph is is maybe the the most well known paragraph he ever wrote. So you you may have heard things from this before, at least the last line. But here's what he said about creation: God has given us throughout the whole framework of this world clear evidences of His eternal wisdom, goodness, and power. In other words, you don't have to. You don't have to know God. You don't have to read the Bible. You don't have to have a Christian share truth with you to know these things. You can just see in the created universe that there is a God and He is wise and He is good and He is powerful. I mean, you can drive up Highway 50 into the mountains. You can pull over in a parking lot. You can put a backpack on and you can hike back a mile or two and find a lake. And you can look at that lake with the mountains in the background and the sky above it. And you can know, you can know that there's a God. And you can know things about Him. Like He is wise. He's good. And He's powerful. That's the point He's making. And though he is, God is in himself invisible, he in a manner becomes visible to us in his works. Now here's the very well-known paragraph. Correctly then, is this world called the mirror of divinity? Not that there is sufficient clearness for man to gain a full knowledge of God by looking at the world, but that he has thus so far revealed himself that the ignorance of the ungodly is without excuse. Paul talks about that in Romans. Like, you're without excuse. You can't say there's there's no God and I didn't know there was a God. No, it's very clear. Now the faithful, the you and I, to whom he has given eyes, see sparks of his glory, as it were, glittering in every created thing. And then here's the line. The world was no doubt made that it might be the theater of the divine glory. One of the ways to think about this world. It is a theater. Well, what's being played out in this theater that is the world and life? The glory of God. The glory of God is on display. So about this idea that God created all things by His powerful Word, the commentator R. Kent Hughes says this. Sometimes, and I resonated with this because I, I do this same thing. Sometimes I begin my personal time of prayer and devotion by reflecting on the mind-boggling size of the universe. That our own little galaxy 
has a hundred thousand million stars and there are a hundred thousand million more galaxies, each with a hundred thousand million stars that our galaxy and each of those galaxies is a hundred light years across and that there are three million light years between each of those galaxies. Absolutely phenomenal and amazing. So that's what we're talking about, what God created. That's what God created. Between galaxies, there, there are three million light years. If you think about that, that means it takes light three million years to travel from one galaxy to the next. A light is pretty fast. But what is it? It's like a hundred and some thousand miles a second. What is it? Oh, well. <laughs> a hundred, it's 186,000 miles a second. I mean, you flip a light on and you watch how, how quick it gets to the other side of the room. That's fast. So from galaxy to galaxy, light takes 3 million years to get there. And God created all of this. I've shared this before. Timothy Keller says that the distance between the earth and the sun which is 93 million miles between the earth and the sun. If that was no more than the thickness of a sheet of paper, then the distance from earth to the nearest star would be a stack of papers 70 feet high. The diameter of the Milky Way, our galaxy, would be a stack of paper over 300 miles high. Keep in mind that there are more galaxies in the universe than we can number. So I discovered this a long time ago. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Do you ever like to look at pictures that the Hubble telescope takes, which they keep upgrading? The Hubble telescope is a telescope that is orbiting Earth, and so it's past the uh, Earth atmosphere, which so it gets a better picture of the galaxy. And they constantly are going up or periodically and upgrading the thing. And it's taking pictures out into the universe. And we keep having the ability to see farther and farther. So this is a picture. I think this is the, the best one we have as far as trying to number galaxies of the universe. But this is called the extreme deep field. That's the, that's the name of this picture. So what they did is they focused the Hubble telescope on a slice in the out in the stars that appeared to to the naked eye there was nothing there just a black space and then over the period of 10 years they were able to collect all that photo data and each one of those dots of light is a galaxy each one of those dots is a galaxy. And so there's over a thousand dots in that picture. Now get ready for this. So they, they take that picture of a slice in the sky and they point it there for 10 years and they, they figure out that that portion of the sky, right, the sky that they're looking at has over a thousand galaxies in it. So how big was that slice that they were looking at that had over a thousand galaxies? Well, if you were to take if tonight, if you were to look up at the at the moon and, and put your thumb, you ever do that over the moon so that you can see better, especially if the moon is bright. If you were to do that, 
And then off to the side of your thumb there, if you were to put the pinhead of a needle, that's what they were looking at. So how many pinheads are there? 360 degrees if you look up in the sky. So the conclusion that they've, they've come to, I mean, is that there's somewhere between 100 and 300 billion galaxies. I mean, if you just slow down and think about that, it's, 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 it's incomprehensible. It's, it's, almost hard to, it's almost hard to believe. It's as if it's just eternal. It just keeps going and going and going. And so God created all that with a word. And then we come to the New Testament. Then we come to the New Testament and then the the fuller revelation in our New Testament is that actually this entire cosmos was created by Jesus. That's how the Gospel of John begins. John 1, 1 through 3. In the beginning was the Word. It's the Logos and it's referring to the Son of God. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And then what does it tell us? All things were made through Him. That's the Son of God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. See how he makes that very clear statement? So everything made through the Word. Through Christ. Through the Son of God. Then we read on in the New Testament. We're told in 1 Corinthians 8, 6. Yet for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. And then Colossians 1, 16. The last verse we'll look at. For by Him, this is talking about Christ, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. And then finally again, That commentator Kent Hughes said, and that means that as he is the creator of all things, creator of all things, that means that everything is under God's loving, benevolent care. We must also keep in mind that as human beings, the apex of creation, we were made in the image of God. But as regenerate people, we also have the image of Christ which means that we can rest in His goodness, in His great creation power, as He controls all of life, and we can flourish under His loving rule. So, let's say this together a couple times and then we'll close. Question five. What else did God create? God created all things by His powerful Word. And all His creation was very good. 
everything flourished under his loving rule. Let's do it one more time. What else did God create? God created all things by his powerful word and all his creation was very good. Everything flourished under his loving rule. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we believe these words. We believe as we look at one another, as we look out as far as we can into your creation and into the created universe, we believe that you have created all of it. And we believe that you have sustained all of it. And we are blessed to know then that we are under your care. That you know us. That you know us better than anyone could ever know us as you have created our inmost being. You knit us together. You know us and you love us. You love us and you care for us. You provide for us. For those of us here who are Christians, we know that you have saved us and rescued us from going our own way. And so we thank you, God, and our hearts are filled with gratitude. Help us this week as we set to memorize and think about this next truth. And may you be honored and glorified as we apply it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me ask you a question real quick and then and then we'll wrap up. So as I'm tracking it, you know, we're consistently starting this class about 835. And we're typically ending the class about 905. So I think what we're discovering is that we can do this class in about 30 minutes. So I'm considering moving the class time around. I'm curious if you guys have any input. So right now we go 830 to 905. Then you got 25 minutes really before the fellowship time officially begins and more people are showing up. And then we have service at 10. So instead of, you know, 8, 830 to 9, which is basically what we're doing now, uh, we could do like 8.45 to 9.15. I don't know if that's weird because it's like quarter to, you know, quarter till the quarter after. Um, I think if we did 